0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Easy Tarot Lessons. I am Dusty White, your host. I've got uh, Ish and Lorene here today. We're doing a private lesson. I'm just letting you guys uh, listen in. And this is all from the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. So if you have a copy of that, grab it and go to page 22. We're going to talk about exercise 3. If you don't have it, feel free to listen in, but you really want to get a copy of this. If you want to understand where we're going with this and to make it easier for you, I've got a super, super cheap course coming up in squeaky chair coming up in um, February. Uh, or if you're listening in the future, it started back in February and you can start in at any time. But I want to talk about exercise three um, and the importance of finding or having the ability to find commonalities between individual tarot cards and how this will enhance the accuracy and uh, precision of your readings. Um, if you're new to this, I do not advocate... Ab, advocate. do not advocate artificial systems in the tarot such as astrology and numerology and kabbalah and all this stuff that's been forced into the tarot if i just pissed you off you know what oh well bye bye um i realize it's popular and i realize a lot of people say oh but you must have this and i am not at all anti-astrology matter of fact i'm an astrologer i uh i like numerology i think it's inferior to astrology but most astrologers think that um but it's still cool And uh, as far as the Kabbalah, um, I I love the Hebrew religion and culture and I would love to study more of it. What I don't like is the salad bar mentality uh, where people pick and choose what they'll read and especially if they don't bother to actually study the language and and what the letters actually mean and um, understanding the culture of where it comes from so you understand how it all ties together. You can't just look at the tree of life and, and read a couple of words and go, oh, and then suddenly you're an expert. It doesn't work like that. And then throwing it onto the tarot, it's it's literally a square peg in a round hole, and that's my problem. If the tarot was designed by Kabbalists, th- that would be one thing. The tarot is just a game. People play it all the time in, uh, in Europe, and we have forced it to become a divination system. Okay, that's cool, but we have to kind of wiggle it into place to make it work. Well, a much easier and more accurate way of doing this is to look at the images and see what the images are saying to you so that your intuition can guide you to the answer that you want. And we'll talk about how to actually read the tarot in several podcasts coming up. But for right now, the whole point of these exercises is to simulate the exact thing that you are going to be doing in a real-life reading. Now, who the hell am I to talk about this? Well, I've been reading for several decades. I've been teaching for two decades. My students um, are some of the better readers in the world. Um, I have students all up and down the economic scale all over the world. I have housewives, which I love. I have um, students, which I love, like, like college students and, and whatnot. Uh, but I also have doctors surgeons, executives, lawyers. um, So it's not like I'm limited to one area. And I think what makes this work is it's not about me. I am just here to give you information. But I think the information that I can give you is vastly superior to what you'll find elsewhere. And besides, this stuff is free. So take it all with a grain of salt. Make it work for yourself. If it doesn't work, stop listening. Do something else, you know. Try somebody else. I'm good with that. Matter of fact, try everything, but be very, very careful not to buy into the dogma of you have to study this, otherwise, you couldn't possibly understand the tarot. Yeah. Or watch out for anybody who wears a robe, changes their name to something really exotic, and charges you outrageous fees to join their club. And you have to learn new terminology um, and study their dogma understand the tarot that's where scams start so be very very careful with that and anybody who says the tarot has anything to do with egypt i want you to run away real quickly nothing against egypt of course i'm talking about ancient egypt like the pharaohs you know or royal road or any of that stuff that mathers and wait it's a bunch of lies and crow- and crowley you know i again if you if you're a big fan of crowley sorry Um, How about you do some research to figure out what he was actually talking about before you just start eating a tripe he was selling. Okay, so that's enough of a rant. I'm sure I've kicked off uh, enough people um, so that they've stopped listening. Now let's get into the good stuff that actually works for people. So Ish and Lorene, I want to talk to you about the importance of commonalities. Now, you guys are students, but I don't expect you to have full answers just because it hit you uh, unannounced and and unprepared. That said, let me ask you. uh, Laureen,
1: opening thought
0: before I go into any of this. Do you have any thoughts on why it's important to understand the commonalities in cards in a spread? How could that possibly make your readings more in-depth?
2: To me, it always feels like confirmation and validation that I'm on the right track, or if it's a really important message, it's going to come more than once. (laughs) And so I can see the thread, if you will, in one of the spreads that I do.
0: I like that. I don't like readings where people go, here, I've got a deck of cards right here. Uh, Knight of Wands reversed. Uh, Okay. Uh, Four of Coins reversed. Oh, Oh, my card's reversed. Magician, reversed. 8 of swords chariot people read like this where they read each card individually and that's pretty much where they, where it ends up they'll look at each card and they'll say in a very generic way well it looks like this means this and in, in essence they make their their client force their reality into the tarot card reading you cannot force reality into the tarot the tarot has to be adaptable to fit reality but it can't be so adaptable that it could mean anything to anybody and remember we're fighting not only scammers and liars and thieves but also an entire world of skeptics who thinks it's, think that we're just either idiots, fools um, or, or liars and thieves and I'm here to clean up the industry and I hope I'm not the only one. So I'll be very adamant that I want you guys to learn this properly, practice it properly, and don't buy into a lot of the stuff that really doesn't make you a better reader. And as you said, Lorraine, being able to verify or validate what you've said, but also seeing things spatially because really that's... That's what we're doing here, is that the cards are allegories for information. Um, It's said that our subconscious mind uh, speaks in symbols. Our intuition is a gateway between our subconscious mind and the divine, whatever you want to call it. And so we're trying to Mm -hmm. massage that gateway open, or that valve open, So that we can ask a question, send it out to the universe, um, get spirit, get the gods, get Jesus, whatever you want to call it, um, get that information inside our head and let it flow through us without our emotional bias, prejudice, or, or logic trying to reshape that information. We can always apply our bias and logic after the words are out of our mouth, after we have had a chance to allow the divine to speak to us. Tarot is a great tool for enhancing our intuition. But to use it to its maximum benefit, these exercises are designed to give you the experience of reading for people in a non-pressured environment. Ish, any thoughts on... Why it's important to understand commonalities in that cards share, or anti-commonalities, non-commonalities, uh, in a spread.
1: Um, I think it's uh, my experience has been very similar to Lorene's. Um It's it's always very interesting when within a spread the cards are kind of supporting each other. Um, so yeah.
0: I like what you said. We see. When we see cards interact, we develop a much more or a much greater depth of understanding of the situation. The difference between an amateur painting and uh, the painting of a master is the understanding of colors and textures and how light interplays and the ability to just take it some goop, some colored goop, which is really all oil or acrylic is, and to turn the various colors of goop into um, a pre-Raphaelite masterpiece, Um, you know, like um, my favorites, uh, Bourgeoisie and uh, Waterhouse, or Da Vinci or Michelangelo, or or any, you know, uh, Picasso, if you're really into the weird stuff. Um was not a pre prerequisite, as I understand. The point is that we're doing the same basic thing, is we are taking information and we are boiling it down to specifics that apply to our client. And we'll talk in future lessons about how to phrase questions and why questions are important and how cards don't really have a meaning. It's not like a card has a meaning. I don't like people asking me, as uh, matter of fact, I don't like people asking anybody, what does this card mean? I want you to ask, what can this card mean? Or if somebody says, well, what does this card mean in general? You say, well, it can mean this, 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 this. And it's like, well, that's no good. How do you know what it means? The card only means something in a reading when it okay a in a reading b as it uh, relates to the question you asked which is dependent on and tied into the client's circumstance whether the question you ask is specifically the question that they asked you or not because you are the person who is getting the uh, getting the information if they were trained, they'd do it. So for commonalities, let's give some examples here. Uh, if you're playing along at home, hopefully you've done exercise 11, you've got the cards up. If not, you're going to have to either visualize the cards, find a poster of the cards really quickly, or um, pause the deck if you can't visualize. Uh, pause. I'm sorry, pause the podcast if you can't visualize the deck. And just take a look at uh, at the cards as you pull them out. So, Ish, I'm going to pull up two cards, and unfortunately, you can't see them on the screen, but that's okay. Neither can anybody else. Got the three of coins and the eight of coins. Now, ignoring the fact that they're both coins or both pentacles, um, Lorene, I'm going to give you first stab at this one. What are some of the commonalities that just jump out at you?
2: Um, that they're both at work or either mastering a skill or working at their, their skills.
0: So those are three different things, it's, and they're very important. So both of these cards happen at work. They don't happen at home watching TV. Um, neither one of these people is lying on the couch. Or, or lying in bed. I mean, not necessarily. you have to lie on the couch. Now, so we have location. So both of these cards would happen at work. Um, and you said both of these people seem to be mastering or working on their skills. And these could be employment or career cards. Ish, would you say these people in the 8 of coins and the 3 of coins... Specifically the three coins, I'm talking about the man uh, holding the the, the the hammer. Would you say these people are industrious or lazy? Do you think they're ambitious or ambivalent? What do you take from it?
1: I think they're both industrious. I think they also like working alone. Um, they're definitely That's a good not point lazy. because
0: the guy does look like, hey, I'm working here. And then, just for fun, anti-commonalities-ish. Um, You've heard me talk about this before. What's the biggest difference that, that jumps out at you between these two cards? <clears throat> Excuse
1: me. Well, one of them is inside.
0: Um. Is he technically inside? I mean, he could be inside. Oh.
1: Okay, um, but one of them is working undisturbed. So.
0: That's the thing I want to get at, is... I like the way the Eight of Coins, even though he's said to be the Apprentice, he is happily working, totally undisturbed, and the other guy is being pestered. Now, just being able to see the commonalities of the cards allows you to also see the anti-commonalities or the uh, discrepancies between them, and this allows us to understand, have a greater understanding of the cards in our reading. So, Laureen, if we had a this or that spread, just, just let's say two cards and these cards came up and your client said, well, I'm thinking of, of working at the office, um, but I want to work from home. What are the advantages of, or disadvantages just based on these two cards and their commonalities or um, discrepancies, uh, what would you, what would you just play off that? You don't have to give them a big, thorough, in-depth reading, but what jumped out here? <laughs> um,
2: well, it seems to me like either option is viable. Um, but Very good, by the way.
0: I, I, I like that.
2: Okay, uh, and it seems like if. What I sense is that if it's in the office that have to be willing to be observed and critiqued and uh, meet somebody else's standards perhaps on a whim right when they when they come by and and this
0: is something that actually happens in daily life i like the way you did that because we're not just looking at the card saying well you're going to work with a round hammer you know you're saying hey, you know what? This is stuff that actually happens daily life. People are hi, can can we have a minute to, to visualize? And you know, all, that, all that corporate speak that I hate so much. Oh, but well, please continue. I, I'm interested in what you have to say.
2: Um, versus working from home, the nice thing might feel like not being disturbed and having the time to be very productive, but it might also be somewhat isolating because there's not, a, not as much... Um, I don't know huge social interaction in that environment.
0: That is true. It's kinda of like homeschooling. Maybe you get more education, but you don't you don't develop a relationship with a neighborhood bully. <laughs> or you don't get to bully other other people.
2: Interesting that I have to be a bully.
0: <laughs> well, you know.
2: Yes. Uh,
0: I want to throw out something real quick here because I want to play off what you said. If we took the eight of coins, the little guy hammering away. If we said that that was working at home, well, it seems to me that one of the problems is it might feel routine, like the day never ends. Like I'm doing the same thing over and over and over. And I think that plays into what you said about a lack of social interaction, is that without those distractions or that that white noise of... uh, the buzz of the office with phones ringing or people walking by, and I want to say typewriters going, but we don't have typewriters anymore. Um, yeah, maybe you can get more done, maybe you can be more productive, but it seems like it might be a little routine for some people, and that's where yeah, I think this where you really have to talk to your clients, say, what is your preference? I mean, you're six months in, do you really enjoy not being disturbed so much you know, that you love obsessing just work 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 look how much i can get done or is that environment going to drive you crazy we can't make that judgment for someone but we can ask them this is what you're going to encounter and see this is how we we um, we get to interact with our clients and we're not cheating we're not we're not trying to get information from them and regurgitate but we're able to to, to draw information from the face value of the card and give our client uh, good information about what they're going to experience and then ask them, is this really what you want? Does that make sense-ish?
1: Yep, that makes sense.
0: Another thing is, uh, and this is just my opinion, it doesn't have to be anybody else's, but it seems to me if we take the three of coins as working in the office, I like what you said, Lorraine, but I want to throw on there that It seems that working out of the office, you might do, you'll end up doing uh, more masterful work. It'll be less um, rudimentary. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm seeing. Just as a just as a comparison between these two cards. Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: You're saying if you work from home, so the eight of no, if you
0: work from office, see how the guys um, in the three of coins. It's all masterful. Yes. Um, it's more artistic. Yes. Now, it oh, yeah. seems like in the office, you'd have a lot more resources and input. Even yeah. though you might be bothered by people, you can look over, hey, Joe, I've got a question about blah, 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 blah. Or you can run into the manager's office and say, "What is, does the client want this specifically? Where, So there might be more intricacy where if we look at the aid of coins, um, he's really just stamping out like factory work he's stamping out the same exact coin there isn't that um that wonderful arch so exactly. do you see what i say about how oh
2: completely I, I just think the collaboration in a work environment you know in the office is more accessible
0: and this is we all we did is just looked at two pictures in a generic situation we didn't have to pull out any artificial system and, and try to force it on and and you know, three versus eight and then and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying don't do that to get to where you need to be. We can't systemize. We can't formulate um, a mechanical process that will make reading the tarot cards easy. We can't, and also we can't sit there and just keep looking in the back of the book. We have to be able to look at the cards and let them speak to us. This is what the pros do. and I want you guys to be able to read like pros. Ish, I'm going to pick on you next. Um, pick out a card from your deck, please. Matter of fact, pick out two cards and we'll see if we can spot commonalities uh, or if they look um, not so much opposite, but uh, let's say opposed or even diametrically opposed. So I have the
1: Seven of Cups.
0: Seven of Cups. Can you speak up a little bit, please? Thank you. Seven of Cups. And what else?
1: And the Nine of Coins.
0: Okay. Well, Ish, uh, anything in common anything that just jumps out at you? Or anything where you go, wow, these cards are opposite because?
1: I think the cards are very similar because both people seem to be in a position to make choices or have access to choices.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. They both seem to have a lot of resources. Yep. I mean, here in the Seven of Cups, um, there's nothing specifically that says that he has to choose one, Uh, although that's generally the accepted uh, method uh, of belief is, but he has two hands could probably grab two of them. I'd grab the hot chick and the jewels. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was pretty lame. Um, but yeah, so so it's quite possible. And, and it could be like Aladdin's cavern. It's like, wow, I just hit the jackpot. Fortunately, I'm the only one who knows where all this stuff is. Um, or it could be like, these are all the hats he could wear. You know, Today, I'm going to take Mr. Dragon out tomorrow I'm going to take Mr. Snake or, or the Laurel. So it's not... There's nothing in this card that says that he absolutely is limited to one choice, one event, at one point. Um, so, yeah, I, I like what you said, Ish, about these people could have access to resources. Is there uh, anything else that jumps out at you at the moment?
1: Well, I think... They're also opposite in that the Seven of Cups, the guy seems to, it's like you're waiting before you take action, whereas the Nine of Coins, she has already made her decisions and it's her time to enjoy.
0: She, she does seem to have more confident uh, control of her assets. I mean, she's resting her hand on her coin. She has a little bird and her house in the background almost like a before and after. I don't know Lorraine. what do you think commonalities anti-commonalities?
2: What came to me was in the seven of cups that the individual in there is potentially taking an action doing something moving forward you said making a choice versus the nine of coins where it seems to me that she would be outsourcing. She's not taking the action for herself. (laughs) Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it's like Ish said. Um, she, she must be from India. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> what, what
0: is that you said? We we outsource? How did you say that, Ish?
1: Oh, I said we were the original outsourcers. We don't paint our own walls or take out our own trash.
0: Oh, that's, that must be so nice. <laughs> Maybe I can get my cat to do that. Hey, cat. <laughs> uh, he's nowhere hiding under the bed, just sleeping the day away. So the whole point of exercise three is not to delve too deeply. It's not to sit there and rack your brain. Just go through and and find commonalities. And and, uh, if you can't find any, sometimes you'll find cards just don't seem to make sense together. That's okay. Put them off to the side. Don't stress out about it. And you'll see other cards where you go... It's not so much what they have in common, it's that, it's like, you're from Mars and you're from Pluto, which works for cars, but not for human beings. That's just stupid. Um, Lorraine. Yes. Can you give me two cards and we'll, we'll see, just random cards, we'll see if we can make anything out of them.
2: Okay. I've got the Six of Wands and the Eight of Cups.
0: Okay, so we've got a guy and a horsey. And then we get the guy in his little red coat. I keep thinking that um, whoever was in charge of coloring, because I used to think it was Pam, but Pam wasn't. Uh, all she did was the line art. And and even so, a lot of that was um, at Wait's dictation. But, uh, yeah, whoever did the coloring, I like to think um, that uh, they specifically made coat and boots, red, to go, look at me, look at me, look at me, because they really stand out, where, where everything else kind of blends in with the yellow and the blue and the black, and it, it really forces you to focus on that character. Okay, again, everybody, just to remember, all of this is in the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. You can pick it up on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, ask your local bookstore, they'll get it for you. Um, if you live outside of the United States and, or Canada or any place where there's an Amazon, uh, try a Z-Book Depository. I think it's called bookdepository.com, even though it's owned by Amazon. They have lists of a discount, but it's free shipping all over the world, um, no matter how much or little you spend. So I want you to be able to learn the tarot and these free educational lessons are just a sampling of what we can teach you um but uh do me a favor pick up a copy of the book and actually learn this stuff it uh, it will make a difference in your life so laureen i see a couple of things but i want to i want to see what you get
2: (laughs) the the first thing that comes to me is just um a job or work well done right so the, the cups are all lined up oh, yeah. and right? they are
0: they are kind of stacked up nicely
2: Mm-hmm. polished and uh, in the wands of course parading around as is, as if in celebration Look at me well <laughs> remember
0: that um, the he's got a laurel on his head he's got a wreath or, or a quoit uh, and the staff and I like to say I remember growing up in America in uh it it seemed a generation earlier than me but the the older guys you know the 20s and the 30 year old guys would drive around with a garter belt uh or i'm not a garter belt I, I gotta know what it, <laughs> they, a garter the little you know the, the frilly bracelet looking thing that allegedly from like cause, you know it's eight i didn't know but apparently this is what um, hot chicks wore on their thighs as a decoration and somehow by having one on your uh, rear view mirror meant that you were some kind of stud absolutely that's exactly what I'm seeing here is everybody's got a stick but he's like literally that's very phallic it's like I have scored look at me he's, he's waving around like a flag like haha look what I got last night um, again if anybody's offended by this, remember, we're not the first generation who had sex. And back in the day, they were a little bit more artistic in the way they flaunted their sexuality. Well, maybe not in the Renaissance. It's like, look at these. Like, I'm blind, I'm blind. Um, but, yeah, the whole wreath and coit thing, it's funny that that was a, a game. But it was nothing more than a, than, than a mating ritual, in a sense. So this card just screams out um, overt sexuality and, and conquest and like, look at me, I'm, I'm virile. And of course, it's, you know even this horse has got a dress. But uh, yeah, so I like what you said about a job well done-ish. Um, I'm looking for something and I just want to ask you real quick and I'll go back to Lorene. Is there one thing that jumps out at you and says, wow this strikes me about these two cards like a commonality
1: well what strikes me the most is that they're both alone in their position um in the six of wands it's wow obviously.
0: i hadn't thought about that this is why i love talking to other people yeah he is if you're elevated you are kind of you know little at the top you are kind of uh, alone in your own world yeah, no, tell me tell me more. I, I know I like to interrupt, but... Uh,
1: no, no, it's exactly, it's Lonely at the top, he's alone, nobody has the troubles that he has on his shoulder, and the Eight of Cups guy, again, he seems alone on his adventure, um, something he needs to do by himself.
0: They're both facing right, but that's just a coincidence, uh, I mean, it could, it could play into, in, in one out of every 10,000 readings, oh my God, that's the most important thing. Great. But I wouldn't take it as, as being the most important thing. I just want to, just want to make sure we, we, uh, answer that because somebody at home is shouting it. What strikes me, and I love what you guys said, but what strikes me is the sensation of movement. In a lot of the tarot cards, people are sitting, standing. God or whatever holding up a coin or a sword, um, especially in the in the so-called major arcanas and that's all stuff that was uh, uh, created by Paul Christian, whose real name was Jean Baptiste. Um, so there's no major secrets or lesser secrets. It's a that's a lie. But we call them major and minor arcana now, just out of sheer habit. But in the Trump uh, in the Trump cards, we see I'm sitting, I'm posing on. I'm standing, I'm posing, and here we don't see the faces of either one of these people, but they're both moving versus sitting, standing, so I feel like something is changing, or something is... These cards seem like something's happening. Laureen? Oh,
2: something that's is... That's my de- goopy
0: thoughts. What do you think?
2: No, it's something is definitely happening, because, I mean, what's come to me just in a sense, because we were just talking about work. Um, the eight of cups he's he's really done a a stellar job and it's beautiful and it's all organized and what have you and so he's walking away from his job retiring because the six of wands slept with the boss and made his way to the top that way so he's taking his position but because he slept with the boss
0: well another thing here now this is going really deep and doesn't necessarily have to apply to every reading but i'm going to zoom in a bit here and if you can't see the uh screen of course Um, feel free to pull out a magnifying glass but on the eight of cups we have eight cups stacked five and three and we have a middle spot where we can see the gentleman's boots now that might have been just a nice artistic way of allowing us to see him without him being blocked by the cups but the net effect is it looks like something's missing which is, you know, reflected in the crescent moon and the full moon, uh, which I still say the crescent moon needs to be the reflection of the water. The full moon needs to be in the sky where he's chasing. Uh, That's that's deep metaphysical stuff. But the fact that there's a gap between the cups, and then when you look at the the angry guy on the far left, uh, now if you have a variant of this deck, they probably changed it and you won't be able to see angry guy but uh, he looks like he's got a little hitler mustache and, and he's frowning and he's the guy at the very back of the parade in the six of wands um, so both of these you know when when you're just looking at commonalities i see a hole in your plan or a, um, a weakness because everybody's supporting him and then he can't see angry guy behind him and here, uh, in the uh, that's in the six of wands, and in the, in the uh, eight of cups, we have. It's almost like all of these cups are stacked nicely, but there's a hole. There's something missing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, very very minor point, but just as far as commonalities go. Ish, would you pull out two cards, please?
1: Uh, yes. Um, five, five of swords. Four? and two of coins.
0: See, five of swords. This will take me a moment to pull up. So it gives you a chance to look at that. So, okay. Uh, Lorene, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to make you go first.
2: <laughs> but she pulled the cards.
0: <laughs> uh, I know. Um, that's that's why I thought she'd have an extra moment to look at it. So I thought yeah. I'd pick on you first. Oh, I, I see right away. Is there anything that you go... Oh, hey, look. Just something they have in common.
2: Water in the background?
0: Absolutely, right? Okay. <laughs> Not just water in the background, but even though they're completely different styles of water, in the Two of Coins we have two tall ships indicating ocean or large body of water. In the Five of Swords, we see mountains in the background also indicating um, large bodies of water. So... Maybe both of these happen by the ocean.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, uh, Ish, back to you. Uh, we've stolen the easy one. Is there anything that jumps out at you and says these how these are uh, what these cards have in common?
1: Well, I think what jumps out of me is what they don't have in common, which the guy and the two of coins. It seems like this is a card before he has made his decision while he's still thinking. Whereas the main guy in the Five of Swords, it's almost like he's contemplating after he has taken the action.
0: I like that. I like that. So we have an anti-commonality. Cool. Uh, Oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. So I'm going to pull out two cards, and then I will let Ish go first. Uh, Six of Coins and how about the moon ooh, we're getting fancy bringing in the uh, advanced I think the moon is one of the more advanced or archaic uh, trump cards like strength is easy magician's easy, hermit's easy moon is a little bit more um, ethereal okay, so just looking at the cards, oh I see something right away um (laughs)
1: Um,
0: is it my turn? I, I'm sorry. What?
1: Well, they have that triangle feature. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I was looking at. See how the moon is almost like dominant over the wolf and the dog, and uh, the guy in the red in the sex is—he's absolutely dominant. I mean, he's got the money. They're on the ground kneeling. He's like, ha ha ha! Peasants. I mean, even though he's handing out coins, just such an overlord in the same way that the dogs are baying or the dog and the wolf are baying at the moon it's almost like they're begging the moon <laughs> they're begging the moon and it's it's dropping little flamelets of light and, um, and he's dropping little magic beans and I don't know why but I never thought about this but is it just me or does that lobster seem to sync up with the lottery ticket Oh. <laughs> it, it's just like it's like it's a little side character.
2: <laughs> yes. Yep.
0: Just some thoughts. All right, um, Lorraine, any thoughts on this? Uh,
2: that's exactly what struck me. Actually, was the two, the two dogs and the two beggars going after the central focus. They, so that they was.
0: both have twin towers in the background too.
2: They do. Well, I really need a bigger card.
0: Oh, here. Let me show you on the screen because you might have. Said, but in the in the for those at home, oh, behind yeah. the guy with the lottery ticket in his pocket, which is the only pocket, in the um, in the Rider-Waite. Um and Somebody did bring up that that could be patchwork, but it looks like a pocket with a lottery ticket sticking out of it. Uh, and again, it can be whatever you want. But okay, can you see that on the screen? Then maybe, Lorraine, behind the guy on the right. We've got little penis-shaped tower and a <laughs> tower next to it. Um,
2: I, I don't see your screen, but I did find it in my card, so yes, I see. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: So, But they both have, like, twin towers. Yep. Um, just goofy little things you see. Does this mean anything in a reading? It all depends on that particular reading. Um, okay. You guys got any questions on this?
2: No, I think this is great.
0: Okay, so the whole point of exercise three and finding commonalities in a card uh, or in, um, in, in, in two cards or more cards, sorry, not in a card. The whole point of finding commonalities in cards while you're in a reading is to see how the energy flows. Does energy flow well from one thing to another? It, it's just like astrology. Uh, fire signs, Sagittarius, Leo, Aries all of the fire element so they flow together if you have two coin cards well it's this looks like things of a practical matter Uh, whereas like swords versus um, cups well the swords generally very antagonistic and the cups generally very emotional well one thing could lead to another swords could lead to an emotional reaction or an emotional reaction to something off the, you know, off, off camera, you know, not shown in the spread, leads to a, a visceral reaction being the swords. So it's not so much a commonality as much as we see that it, we have a common spread. And so if you look at your spreads this way, in addition to all everything else we're teaching you. This is where you start to get a lot more depth and detail without having to guess, without having to make up meanings, without having to force an artificial system to try to explain what the cards mean. The cards will speak to you, I promise you this. All you have to do is practice, do these exercises, do them properly, ask questions, we're here to help you. Um, This is why we give away the information for free is to get you started if you want to seriously be good at what you do take some classes with us or at least pick up the book and study 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 um, also we we will have um, a huge array of study buddies and study groups available so feel free to contact us about that ish uh Lorene, thank you very much for being here is there anything you would like to know about the tarot before we go
2: nope <laughs> yes everything and nope <laughs> not for purposes of the conversation does that count
0: <laughs> Yay! well um, I like doing this hopefully we'll see you guys soon and uh, anybody who's listening thank you very much for listening feel free to comment ask questions um, rant yell let me know what you need and uh, it's it's our goal here at the House of White to really help you master this stuff you can learn anywhere I appreciate that And I want you to learn anywhere. I just don't want you to learn crap that's going to make you a worse reader than you are now because it's going to fill your head with a whole bunch of stuff that just doesn't work out in the real world. So take everything here with a grain of salt. See if it works for you. It's been working for a lot of people. We haven't had any complaints yet, so fingers crossed. And uh, if you find something else that works for you that we don't teach, as long as it works for you, you're doing it right. Keep doing that. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hope to see you soon. And uh, Ish and Lorene, thank you all. Look to see you guys in class today.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Thanks,
1: Dusty. Get more information by logging on to EasyTarotLessons.com.